Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Happy Monday. How was your weekend? It was wonderful. How was your weekend? Busy. We had let me let me let's go back to Saturday. We had we had confessions, we had first communions. We'll get we'll get to those in a second. I had my goddaughter's fifteens. That was an eye opener. I hadn't been to you know, I've been to two fifteens in the last month and it's like, yeah, now I remember why I don't go to them. Yeah. Uh and yesterday was just wonderful day. We had um we had Mass, I had uh, the dedication of the chapel in Belen, which is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful uh, Mass and ceremony. And if you can, go to the Belen Jesuit YouTube channel and, and watch that Mass and watch the intricacies of dedicating and consecrating an altar. It's so beautiful. It goes back to our Jewish liturgical mm-hmm. roots. Just amazing. The music was exquisite. Um, run, it was running on town all weekend. And, and doesn't get, that's why I say May is... <laughs> busier for presentation. And we're two days in. <laughs> and we're yeah, we're literally two days we're literally two days in. But um just just a great just a great weekend and, and a lot of um communions are fun. Right? Oh my god, those kids are just it's the best watching their faces. Yeah, you know, and I, I was down in the in the aisle helping them You were just, in a pit. Just before they go up to, to receive communion and just the, the excitement Literally emanating from them as as they're about to you know, approach you, you to receive communion. You know, a mother approached me this morning to thank us for you know for beautiful and it was one of the communions that Father Omar did and how beautiful it was and and how what care the, the parish and the school take for the kids. You know that that they weren't nervous that they were just so excited and and one of the things that that came to mind when I was talking to her is that you know the way that we have it set up is the kids are in the first three pews. And the parents are behind them, and they're not directly, you know, they're, everybody has an assigned pew that they're chosen family. And the thing is that, and I've seen this for, not just first communions, for other things, that children are different when they're in school than when they're with their parents. And you have two children that can testify to that. So, you know, so when they're by themselves, it's like they're in classroom mode. They're in, like, best behavior mode. With their parents or with their abuelos, it's like, you know, Sometimes the nerve, because the parents are nervous yep. and, and they're emotional, and sometimes that yep. transferred <laughs> to, the, to the kid. Because I, I mean, I've been to communions and or and I or I've celebrated first communions where the kids are sitting at the end of the aisle and the whole family's with them, or the parents are sitting with the children. And there's all different models. I, I like what we do here because the children are like all they're focusing on is the altar, and they're not looking around. The parents are behind them, but they're not looking back. You know, it's just and that. Kind of helps them just to focus on yep. what is truly important, which is which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, and and you send you you get you you see it you feel it throughout yeah. the mass. You know you hear them responding, and they're responding as a group. So, right. So when it's you know thirty of them sitting together, you really hear them. No, you really you do, and and I have to and I have to make a mental note just like to and and I did at some point to quiet down. You know when I was doing the prayers yeah. with them, like the Our Father would quiet down so that the parent can hear. Their children, but no, it, it was just a beautiful, beautiful Saturday, and and the Lord blessed us. It was supposed to be raining all day, and it did not. I mean, it was just 
We were worried about it. 85% chance of rain. And and it didn't. We we moved everything to plan B, keeping everyone in the church. And 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 then a gorgeous, gorgeous day. This morning, 0% (laughs) chance of rain. And there was a rain cloud that went over right before mass. I'm like, that's Miami in May, baby. Mm -hmm. But just beautiful. And can I say this is the third, you know, yesterday was the third Sunday of Easter. We had our first episode on the third third Sunday in Easter a year ago. It was a year and a, a year and a week ago, I think. Yep. So, so happy done, anniversary to we've, us. We've done the full circle. There we've, we go. we've gone around the calendar. So off we go on the third Sunday of, of Easter. Come have breakfast. See, see, I use that. Oh, you, you like did. that? Yeah, you I did. did. I mean, because yesterday's reading, like I said, I said in last week's bulletin, and <laughs> I told people I I don't like. Um, Kind of like I wrote out my homily in the bullet tonight. Not really, but kind of a reflection. By the way, Father Homer yesterday, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I got back from Belen and I got there for the end of the 5.30 Mass, and the seventh graders were there. And Father Homer is giving the announcement. He goes, he's saying, please take a copy of the bullet at home. And I know what he was trying to say, but it came out like this. He goes, please read Father Manny's bulletin column. Sometimes it's not good, but today it's exquisite. <laughs> I mean, I know what he was trying to say. <laughs> What he was trying to say, because he usually shots he usually, fired, shots he, fired. No, but it, no, but but no, but the thing is, he, he got confused in the verb. I know he was trying to say, you know, usually we, we you know, I usually you just glance over, but yeah. he goes, but but he was giving me a good compliment and thank you, Father, That's for that. Awesome. But it was. I'm standing in the back. Literally, I'm standing in the vestibule by oh, one of the holy water fonts, and there, and there's people around me, and they're all looking at me like, Did, he just dissed you, or he dissed you, and then he complimented you. I'm like, well, you know, that's my associate. That's awesome. But it is it is such a beautiful reading, um, because, oh wow! I mean, the way I started off the homily yesterday is that you know we we got the stillness of of the resurrection. You know, we have the, the joy, the the, the the peace that comes post resurrection. G and and so what I did was you know focus on what was the bulletin art, uh, cover artwork. Jesus just sitting there in the stillness of a morning, looking at the disciples fishing just and preparing the breakfast and and just taking in and so I'm, you know I put myself in say what was the lord thinking you know what was going through his mind what was going through his mind as uh uh as he was looking at that as he's contemplating what everything had happened obviously at this point our lord you know this is where we go into theology class that you know you know the divinity and humanity are mm-hmm. totally complete so you know, there's so many things, but now, and there was something that I thought about after Mass yesterday, which was, okay, well, what must have been going through the disciples' minds? As, first, they go off fishing. Second, they go the entire night, you know, without fishing, without catching anything. And they go, oh, we're back to this again? Yep. And then, when the Lord appears to them, or calls to them, if you will, from the seashore, and have you had anything to eat? And finally, when they catch it, you know, it's John that recognizes it is the Lord. There's, there's really three huge, you know, sayings in this one. I'm going fishing. Mm-hmm. It is the Lord. Come have breakfast. And I didn't touch on it as the Lord because that's kind of John following the pattern of the morning of the resurrection. You know, going into the tomb, seeing and believing. And also the beloved, the beloved disciple. But those three sayings. And and then the come have breakfast. And that's why I wanted, because you pointed it out to me last week and I ran with it. But why does it? Stick out to you, because uh, I love breakfast. <laughs> Don't we all? Just, before we went on there, he was telling me about yesterday's brunch that he had. No, it's it's 
you know, you, you, you speak about that stillness and that peace and so much of not just our, our practice of the faith, but really of, of our culture is sitting together for a meal. You know, I, I remember growing up, we, uh, dinner every night together as a family was a requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Sundays we would, the whole family would come together for a meal. You know, no questions asked. And that was just part of, part of who we were as a family. And obviously, as, as Catholics, we come together for a meal every time we come to Mass. So just this sense of, you know, anytime a meal is, is uh, referenced, it kind of catches my attention. But, but I love the simplicity of, and the beauty of Jesus just looking at them like, come, have breakfast. You know, let's, let's Even sit. though you just caught fish. Let's, you know? let's yeah. hang out, let's take it easy, yeah. let's sit back. And, and here, I, I made you, and I'm not a big fan of fish in the morning, but, but I made you breakfast. And how, yeah, you've how had awesome. Sal- you've had salmon at a brunch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but no. It's not the same. <laughs> I enjoy it. Give me the my salmon scrambled eggs over there by core. I mean, oh, give me my give me my chicken and waffles, my pancakes. My tell, tell everybody what you what you told me you you had yesterday. Chicken, chicken and waffles, uh, Benedict. Oh, God. Uh, chicken and waffles with a with an egg on top and cover, smothered in hollandaise sauce. All right, you may pause the podcast that's, now and go have that's me, the a only meal thing if, you, I had if you're to hungry. Eat yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that happens on Sundays a lot. That you go and you have a brunch yeah, after mass. It. And you don't eat the rest of the day. It's yeah. happened to me so many times. But there is something, you know, I, I didn't get into this yesterday because it's, it's something trivial, but I am I, I I don't have big breakfast. You know, Jorge will come and see me with a donut in my in my mouth, usually most mornings, which isn't the healthy, healthiest yeah. thing in the world, but I'm not having, you know, waffles and scrambled eggs and bit, which I love. I love the best thing I love about cruise ships is that I get to have a big breakfast every oh, morning when you those best. are the, they are the best. That's the best. What I love is the poached eggs. They they make the last cruise ship that I went. They had poached eggs. They were just amazing. Just so hard to make these. Po- and so I don't have the time to get up and, mm-hmm. and prepare and, and to do all these things. So I grab a Danish or a donut or or a banana or something and just walk out the door because I need to have something in my stomach. I'm not the you know I, you know my my current associate my last associate don't don't have breakfast. He just walked out there. No, actually, Father Omar every now and then. He'll get down and he'll he'll make himself yeah. an omelet every now and then. But but there the, there is a, there's a I guess an art. You know we would have breakfast. You know, even though it was a little rushed in the morning when I was a kid, and and on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, Dad would make you know the eggs and sometimes make bacon and and especially on uh, on vacation. And and I was and, and and I was telling you that yesterday, uh, you know, I was at a family party until late Saturday night, so I was on the other side of town, so I just spent the night at my parents and when i woke up on 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 yesterday morning which is very weird waking up on Sunday morning you're not in your church but you know i did make it for mass on time but i i woke up and my father had prepared me breakfast and i go well this is just like the gospel today so it was very apropos that's the best though right it is you wake up you walk out of your room and and (sighs) breakfast is ready like there there's it just takes you back to how often does that happen for you not anymore but, but it takes you back like Literally to the innocence of, of yeah, your youth and, and uh, to, to being a child, and and that's I think that's what captures, my, what attracts me so much to that uh, to this passage, and specifically to when Jesus you know calls out to them says come have breakfast, and and there's a communion aspect to that and a Eucharistic aspect to that. There was an interesting thing that I mentioned in the homily yesterday that there's there's two stories. I mean, there, there's two instances of food that are mentioned in the Gospel of St. John. One is at the beginning of chapter 6, in the breaking of the bread, which leads to the great 
Bread of Life discourse, which we read in Daily Mass last Thursday, and now this instance where Jesus is preparing the, the, the meal, because there is, even though there's a Last Supper and Jesus says, you know, but there isn't no mention of food, that he just, the washing of the feet and then the, the, the discourse that he gives them in, in the upper room. So Jesus prepares this meal for them. He breaks bread again for them, hands them the loaves that were on the charcoal fire and the fishes, which is the same food that was present at the breaking of the bread where they had the barley loaves and, and the fish. So there is something that Jesus is calling us back <clears throat> to simplicity, as you said. And the most simple thing, the most basic thing we do, which is the most, also the deepest thing we do, which is, is the celebration of the Eucharist, which is what we were concentrating on as a parish this weekend when we did First Communions, and we'll concentrate again, not this weekend, the next weekend when we... Oh, actually, have, this, we have, we we have, have one. A, we a do, special group coming we, in this weekend. Yeah, so we have three the straight weekend. St. Thomas, the, the Catholic communion. students of St. Thomas Episcopal will be coming in this weekend. So all of so the next few weekends we have first communions going on in the parish and you know we have some or, here or, or there <laughs> we um here and there there we haven't spread out you know we had one on friday one of our students we had a couple more you know sometimes we have some couples that are getting married that are doing it during their marriage so eucharist at the our, center our poor record to keep her, her hands are gonna yeah. fall off this month <laughs> and they're getting inspected at the end of the month so but calling us back to the shore to rest to commune with him to Sit down. It's like you get home after a long day and <clears throat> your spouse, I'm not giving any hints, but your spouse or somebody or a friend or, or, you know, or even your children prepare a meal. Like this coming Saturday is, uh, I mean, Sunday is Mother's Day and, you know, bringing mom breakfast in bed, always, you know, something the kids attempt to do. You know, we did sometimes very good, sometimes very poorly, but it, there is something about breakfast because we're, you, you, you're getting together at the beginning of the day to start the day in each other's company in communion with your family. And that's what Jesus did with the disciples there. So that's one of the aspects of, um, of the gospel. Now, let's go back to the beginning when this is the third time in John's gospel. We heard the first two times in last week's gospel where they appear, appeared on Easter Sunday morning and then on Divine Mercy morning with, when Thomas was actually there. But now this is a third appearance, and he appears to them in the Sea of Galilee. And here are the disciples, and there's only seven of them, as, as the Gospel points out, that are, that are there in, in chapter 21 of St. John's Gospel. And so they're there, and Peter, you know, impulsive as he always is, says, I'm going fishing, and say, well, we'll join you. Now, I, I referenced in, in the bulletin column and in my homily yesterday, you know, a wonderful... Um, reflection that Benedict XVI gave when he was still a Cardinal Ratzinger at, at a seminary in the 80s. And I wish this book was, was still in print because I, I'd give it to every seminary. It was given to me when I entered the seminary. And Benedict is talking about how things are coming full circle. You know, Jesus starts off by the seashore calling Simon Peter to come and be fishers of men. Now the resurrection, they are now sent forth to fish men. But the thing is that not really, because they haven't received the fullness of the Spirit. Whereas in John's Gospel, you can make an argument for that because they, it's been, it was given to them last week right. when he breathed on them. But there's still something missing. They go out, they're unsuccessful. There was another quote that I put in there, which from St. Gregory the Great, one of the fathers of the church, saying, you know, why, were, why did Jesus not appear to them on the water like he did in the sixth chapter 
of St. John. You know, why? Because now Jesus is in resurrection mode, basically. He's on the shore, and that represents stillness, quiet, while the disciples are at sea, and the sea represents the tumult of the world, you know, things of the world, and Jesus already, okay, we're done with that. So that's why he's calling out of the waters to come have breakfast, to come and rest, because the time to go back out into the waters, to go back out into the deep, which is a gospel we had uh, two or three months ago, that that calling to go back out into the deep will eventually come back, and they're going to have to do that. And we've been reading how they went back out into the deep and how they've gone to trouble during the during the daily readings every day with the Acts of the Apostles, because they go out immediately after Pentecost to start preaching the risen Jesus, and you know the Jewish authorities that killed Jesus don't want any of that, and so. We've already had, you know, it was, it was the first reading yesterday. The disciples were, the apostles were arrested and you know were set free, and they were flogged, and they were happy because they were they suffered for the Lord. Oh, isn't that a great line? They were. Happy. They went rejoicing to to be able to suffer for the name. And that's <laughs> and that's something that a lot of the first yep. century Christians, you know, I'm thinking of especially Ignatius of Antioch. You read some of Ignatius of Antioch's writings, and it's almost. It, I hate saying this, but it almost sounds suicidal because he's like he's he wants to be a martyr. He wants to give his life for Christ, and he's telling his people, I, "I can't wait to give," because he knows, you know, what they're doing. They know is going to get them in trouble, is going to get them crucified, going to get them, you know, thrown to the lions, and they go rejoicing. And so today we start hearing about Stephen, you know, getting into trouble, Saint Stephen, because he's preaching the word of God. Eventually. He's going to be the, the proto-martyr, the first one to give his life for the faith after the resurrection. And so he's there, and the Sanhedrin's looking upon him, and they say, well, his face looked like that of an angel, because he's like, there's nothing you could do for him, to me, because Jesus is by my side. And so Jesus calls us the shoreline to be by his side so we could have that same peace that, that, that Stephen had, that same peace the disciples felt that morning when they came and they broke bread with the Lord. Yeah, you know when you sent me that uh, when you sent me the column for the for the bulletin this week, I go, oh, there there goes our episode for uh, you know from a few weeks ago when we were talking about going out to the deep because we're we're literally sitting in this room going, get off the shore, go out, get you know leave the comfort, leave the you know the security, and get out there and put out into the deep because that's where the Lord wants us. Yeah, and and now to see this come, you know, full circle in light of the resurrection. What a what a beautiful reflection, and, and a reminder. You know, you you mentioned yesterday the importance of rest. You know that that Jesus rested. You know, he he calls his apostles to rest. He needs and wants us to rest because it's we need to recharge our batteries. You know, and, and summer's you know, as, coming up. As I'm looking at uh, at the calendar, May second. You know, the next month and a half is just madness. You know, and it's uh, you know for me personally a reminder of the need. To rest because you know we're just we're just getting started, you know Easter just passed, but but really, you know sacramental season is is just ramping up. Then we've got summer camp, and you know I joke I don't I don't take a breath now until July fourth, you know so so to to be sitting in that pew yesterday and hear you know, and hear Jesus again you know come have breakfast come rest come take it easy you're gonna need to recharge your battery so that you can go be effective when you put out into the deep again. You know what? What a what a beautiful reminder for all of us, as because, we as we get into, you know, and, and yes, it's we're on this Easter high and, and we want to go out and, and you know do everything that we can, you know, and and change the world, uh, but but 
you gotta you gotta rest. You don't want to burn out because when you're burned out, you're you're done. You're no. toast. And you think about okay, <clears throat> why the fifty days of Easter? Obviously, fifty days between Easter and Pentecost, but also the disciples had forty days before. <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus went up um, to heaven in the ascension. Take a swig of water here. But so for us and for the disciples especially, they they needed fifty days to be able to to really take in this incredible experience. You know, the master was crucified, and the master rose from the dead. The master's appeared to us. He doesn't look like him sometimes. Sometimes you don't recognize him. And the master has everything he told us is true. We're, they're starting to put two and two together. Okay, this, what he told us, you know, two years ago about this. Is, oh, now I get it. And so they they need this time of 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 reflection, of prayer. You know, prayer is a very significant part of the early church, especially when you read the first two cha- first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. You know, first they needed to replace Judas, so they chose Saint Matthias, and then secondly. You know, you know, our Blessed Mother praying and telling with him for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because Jesus promises them again and again, I will send you an advocate to give you the Holy you know, to, to give you the power through the Holy Spirit to go out into the world and to preach. Because you look at the Acts of the Apostles, once they receive the Holy Spirit, you know, they're fired out of a cannon and they don't stop until they're dead. You know, except for St. John, who doesn't suffer, uh, you know, martyrdom, but he's still going for and then he's writing and and, and you know the revelation and apocalypse and so they're shot out of a cannon because the time will come but it's not you know we're not negating anything because that you know that same thought did cross my mind when i was writing that is that yeah we just told people to put out into the deep but at some point even when you put out into the deep you have to put into port to bring in your catch mm-hmm. to say okay what did i you know we didn't fish well. Did we use the right bait? Did we, you know, we won't go with the, with the weather bad? You know, you know, did we do the right things? Or were our nets, you know, you know, torn? Right. You know, repair the nets. All this, we have to, you know, reflect on what we've been doing. That's why, you know, there's moments of prayer that need to accompany anything that we do as in in terms of missionary disciples as a church to be able to be effective missionary disciples. We have to reflect on what we are doing. Take it to prayer, and I'd say do it for the sake of doing it. Something I mentioned on Holy Thursday, but do it because this is born out of reflection. This is born out of Eucharistic reflection. After spending time at the feet of the Master in our Adoration Chapel in our church, saying, "Lord, what is it that you want me to do?" Because after this, you know, we read the sh- you know the short version of the gospel, which really the the, the, the long version is really two different gospels. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the same. It's the same setting, but it's two different stories. It's you know, first one is you know, the, you know, miraculous catch, Peter going fishing. It's the Lord come have breakfast, and then while they're having breakfast, that's that dialogue with Peter. Do you love me? And so that dialogue is so necessary in our lives. The Lord asking us, and us being like Peter being insulted. The Lord asking us, "Do you love me?" But do you love me to be able to do enough? You know, do you love me enough feed my to sheep. do this? To go feed my sheep, to go tend to my lambs, yeah. to go tend to the flock, and that's something that, as a priest, I have to take into account every day when I wake up. But as lay missionary disciples who are listening to us, it's something that 
we have to take into consideration as we go out into the world to preach the good news. It has to be born from Eucharistic reflection, from being with the Master, breaking bread with him like the disciples did by the seashore of Galilee in this gospel. And, and again, that's why what we started with, you know, come have breakfast, come eat. Yeah, and I just did the rehearsals with uh, with our First Communion kids, you know, and, and they said, you know, can we chew the the host, you know, and and I'm sure you remember the time where where it was taught, you know, just let the host dissolve in your That's mouth. That's what I was and, taught. And yeah. don't chew it. I'm old you know, But but the word that he actually uses is gnaw. You know, take take a gnaw on me. So it's this sense of of really eating and, and chewing. And, and as as I'm saying that, I'm my own reflections is, you know, it's not just passive. You know, it's it's very active. This sense of eating and as we as we reflect, you know, take that time to, to sit back, to rest, to recharge our batteries. Even that is, should be active. It's not, it's not just a passive, uh, you know, I'm out of it now. It's, a, it's an active pr- moment of prayer. You know, it, it's a moment of resting in the Lord, which isn't just, you know, I'm, I'm brain dead for a little bit. No, it, it's, I may not be active with my hands and my feet and, and my mouth, but, but my heart is still active. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and my my mind is still active as as I'm listening to the Lord, as I'm taking what I've done and what I what I hope to do to the Lord, and allowing Him to speak to that, so that I can go back out. And and, and there's so much, you know. The other the uh, yesterday at, at the Belen um, at the Belen uh, the Belen dedication yeah. mass at the chapel, there was um, there was a moment that they did a beautiful rendition of the anima christi and there the anima christi in my old parish they would in certain masses they would pray it after uh there's something that my that predecessor there would started they would pray it after certain masses and in um when you get to this you know the second one you know obviously you know blood of christ and so the, what they they kept that you know that translation in english you know Blood of Christ inebriate, inebriate me, me and I'm sitting next to Bob Valley, who never is gonna let a joke like that pass. It wasn't a joke, <laughs> but it's just like, like let let something like that, you know, not not go undetected. Yep. But he was like, uh, yeah, I mean, when we receive the body, it's supposed to totally transform us. Non, yes, inebriate me, yes, not you know, totally drunk on it, but to totally transform me because. Okay, let's analyze, which we have in the past, but not on the air. Mm-hmm. Let's analyze the whole point. When when you get inebriated, when you get drunk, it's like you're, you're not yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's the whole point of of the Eucharist. When you receive the body of blood, when you you know receive the blood of Christ, which hopefully one day will will consume again, it's we're not supposed to be the same person that we were when, before we received it. You know, we should should be a totally different person. And so that that prayer, which is so beautiful, blood of Christ, inebriate me. You know, it's basically saying you take over. Yep. You know, you you take over. So you know, I, I get chills every time I talk to the kids. I mean, anytime I talk about communion, period. But you know, in consuming the Eucharist, we are consumed. You know, and and it's that that image of the burning bush with with Moses. You know, as the bush is being consumed, but it's not. It it, it it's not consumed to the point where where 
disappears. You know, it still maintains its existence, but it's entirely consumed by the Lord. You know, and, and that's what happens to us when we receive communion. You know, we we eat it, we consume it, it becomes part of us, but in order that we become part of Him, and, and He takes over. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we need to happen. So this gospel, I, I, I noticed yesterday, and maybe it's because I woke up in a different setting and, and my Sunday morning routine was different, but I was very, you know, it was very peaceful. The Mass, because the, the gospel was peaceful, and I hope that, that was translated into, into how I preached it, because it, it is such a beautiful gospel because there is a great stillness that comes with mourning. And as I ended the bulletin column, is it, it, morning brings newness. And nothing brings newness more than the resurrection. And that's how we're supposed to be every morning when we wake up, asking the Lord, Lord, how can I serve you better this day? Lord, how can I catch souls for you this day? And then at the end of the day, put into port, you know, put into shore, rest with the Lord, and do your daily exam and saying, how did I fail you this day? Or how did I glorify you this day? You know, sometimes in the daily exam, we focus so much on our sins, which is pretty much what it's for. But, you know, not maybe it's because we think it's a prideful act, but saying, you know what? This is what, this is how you, you know, you glorify, you know, I glorified yeah. you and you exalted me by allowing me to be a vessel of your grace yep. this day. Never discount that. You know, Lord wants us to be vessels of His grace. I forget who said it. You know, true humility is is recognizing yourself as you are. You know, not more than you are, which is pride, but not less than you are. Right. You know, it, so it's it's that sense of yes, I I do have something to offer. You know, mm-hmm. true true humility isn't just beating myself down and I am nothing, but it's saying I I have God given gifts and yes. how am I putting that into practice? But so many use. times we equate that with pride yep. and with vanity. And, and it's something that, as priests and religious, we confess a lot. Yep. We don't want that. We want all glory to be mm-hmm. in Him. But, but in that grace and the, the gifts that God gives us is always to point towards Him, to point towards the Master, saying, it's not me, it's Jesus. It's, it's always a challenge for the priest. You know, the other day, it was CJ that asked me this. You know, you know, because at what point are you know do you become in persona Christi during the mass? I go no no, no I'm, I'm in persona Christi the entire mass. Yeah. I mean I always act like it you know especially when I'm telling a bad joke. But you know yes I, from the moment I walk in to the moment I walk mm-hmm. out, that's who I'm supposed to and and it's a, a you know sobering reminder of my vocation as a priest to act in persona Christi. It's, it's a lot easier in the confessional yep. because you know you're immediately on the you know and as soon as the penitent walks in, but in the mass, you know, because you get distracted, people may annoy you, you know, something, you know, something happens that's wrong, mm-hmm. an altar server may mess up, somebody plays the wrong thing in, in our parish, but somebody plays the wrong thing in, in the music, or, or something happens. You know, a two-year-old starts to play the organ. Yeah, you know, some <laughs> things like that. That doesn't annoy me. But humility is, is key, but always, you know, when you do your daily exam, notice not only your sins, but also... How did I glorify the Lord this day? How did I make his name known? And then rest with him to prepare for the next day's journey to go out back into the deep to go catch souls for him. So that's what our Lord is calling to us this week. We went, we go fishing every day. 
We put into port every day. The Lord wants us to rest with Him every day. We need, the labor deserves His rest. Make sure that we have that mo- those moments for rest. Very difficult for a lot of people because of their jobs, because of children, because of so many things. But we're coming up on, and it is, I don't know if it's this summer, but uh, maybe it was a couple of summers ago, that there's always around late June, early July, where the Gospels come with me, all you who are labor burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, that is something the Lord notices. That's what the Lord tells them when the when he sends them out two by two, because come, labor deserves his rest. Never pass up those opportunities that the Lord gives us to rest so we could recharge the batteries to go fishing again and to put out into the deep again to share the good news of the risen Christ. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? Jazz Chisholm was not in the starting lineup oh, because stop. he had stomach distress. And all I could think was, I too would be sick. If Don Mattingly was making my daily life. John Birdie had a good game yesterday. (laughs) Mind you, since we last recorded a podcast. I'm just having some fun here. The Marlins lost a grand total of one one game. game. They went on a great winning streak. That was seven in a row. That was fun. Have won the last, what, three or four series that they've been in? Three series that they've been in. And yesterday, as soon as I saw the lineup, I sent it to Jorge before Matt. I'm like, have fun with this. this He sends me the... The ins the the inside out uh, gif of the of anger gif of the anger guy just blowing, blowing his top, his <laughs> and I'm like, but John Birdie played a what a, a, a good game. He's he's making he's the getting most the opportunities. He's yeah. uh he's he delivering. had the first hit of the game, yeah. broke up a no hitter. I mean the fifth inning. I mean, bro, uh, Sandy's got to light up this team. I would, but it, but Sandy <laughs> didn't pitch well yesterday. No, you know he gave Nobody, that three but, run homer. I mean. He didn't pitch well yesterday. It's just, I mean, yes. But man, can we get him some run support? He got, like he, while he, he's pitching, he got. Th- if, listen, if he would have gotten those three runs when I uh, during the St. Louis series when he yep. pitched that brilliant gem, yep. he would have won the game. And it's we so, had a, we had opportunities yesterday. Mm-hmm. We I just mean, could, couldn't get that big hit. I mean, it's it's sweeping is very hard in baseball. Yep. It's like when you, when when you get to let's say you won the first two games, you get to that last game. It's kind of like, all right, you're playing with house money. You could juggle the lineups a little mm-hmm. bit and. And your ace is on the mound, so you're thinking, okay, we can maybe take it easy. I mean, the Marlins, they were dead. Yeah. And then then Jorge Soler, I mean, what did the baseballs yeah. do to him? Yeah. I mean, he's knocking these things he out of there. destroyed that thing. I mean, it, one he, yesterday he was meaningless. He bottles in, uh, in the Budweiser that, But bar. that one ended up, yeah, it ended up in the bar. Yeah. But the one that he did the other day, which did help us win the game, he just mashed that thing. So... We need more of that. Yep. We need more of that because that that stadium hasn't seen monster home runs since Giancarlo Stanton left the building. But wow, that was what a week yeah. for the Marlins. Uh, they're they're doing great. Garcia still needs to pick it up a little bit. Uh, you know, the pitching has been on point. Osardo had a great game on yep. was it on 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 Saturday? On Saturday, yep. 
had another great game. The one that I went to see, I mean, it was his worst game of the year. I mean, and that's her that's her five guy. Yeah. And we have guys Max Myers in, in AAA, Sixto, mm. we don't know what Sixto Sanchez, when, what's going to happen with him. There's guys coming up. It's like we have abundance Edward, of pitchers. We could never have enough. But Edward Cabrera started his uh, throwing program. Again. Yeah. That's, so we, we got have, arms. We got we, arms. You can never have too many arms. Nope. The the bullpen is still, they've been playing, they've been pitching well. You're, Bender was very close. Uh, no, but we talked about it last week in the book because it was last Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Bender, Bender, you know, walks on the wild side a little too, too close, too much, too, yeah. too close for uh, for comfort when no. he comes in. So, but now the, I want to get your thoughts on this. Here you go, because it was I noticed it particularly yesterday. Seventh inning, we're down four. We get we get a, a base runner, all right. And uh, what's this guy's name? The we, we rotate through our color commentators now. Oh, JP, yesterday was under CBS. Yeah. You go, oh, here comes such and such. If he gets a hold of one, it's a two-run game. I'm like, and then the next guy comes. He gets a, a single, and the, he, the next guy comes up. And, oh, if he gets a home run here, it's a one-run game. I'm like, bro, you're starting. We're starting a rally. What is this obsession with? And I get it. It's, no. the, it's the big uh, highlight moment of the home run. But but you want a pitcher on the ropes. You want singles and doubles yeah. and and keep guys on base and and. You know, that's stressful. You give up a two-run home run, it's a two-run game, all right? But it's kind of a reset for the pitcher going, okay, let me take a deep breath. I still have a two-run lead. Now the bases are empty. And the the analysts for every single batter that came up in that rally of the seventh, and we ended up leaving two or three runners on and, and only brought one across. But it was, oh, here comes a big bopper. Here comes a big bopper. Here comes a big... In the eighth inning, we had runners on. John Birdie came up, and he goes, "Oh, and here comes the biggest bopper of them all." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> We've seen him in runs, but a few and far between. Uh, he's the Mike Mordecai of this roster. But what's the obsession with the home runs? Well, that's, it's it's endemic of, of modern baseball. It's either feast or family. You strike out, or you or you hit a homer, and that's why balls aren't being put in play. To me, like uh, let's take it down to 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 to, to Pee Wee baseball. You know. So many times that I would go watch baseball games in, in our field or, you know, in other parish that I've been at, it's you want to keep the line moving. Yeah. You want to you, you get on base. Yeah. Get on base, get them, o- get, get them over. You know, whether it be base hit, whether it be a bunt, you know, that's getting lost in modern-day baseball. It's either you know, mash it. Yes, home runs are entertaining. They're exciting. We just spent, you know, a minute marveling at, yeah, at yeah. Jorge Soler's you know, beautiful mammoth home run into the Budweiser bar. But that's few and far between. You need to, somebody gets on, okay, keep the line moving. Either get a base hit, move them over, get a productive out, and so that put them in scoring position and scratch out runs, get a rally going, put it, like you said, put a pitcher on the ropes. Because if it's a pitcher that comes in, modern baseball rules would stink. Mm -hmm. But let's say a pitcher is brought in, and you know from the get-go, he doesn't have it. He's obligated to face three batters at least. So that's three times that you have an opportunity to take advantage of the pitcher that doesn't have it that day. And peop- and the thing is that people are not taking advantage of that rule, at least from the offensive perspective. Because if a guy is, you know, you know from the get-go when a, mm-hmm. a reliever comes in, yep. whether he has that day or not. And usually in the past... The Tony Russo's of the world, the Dave Roberts of the world, they would go out. Oh, this guy doesn't have it. Pull him. 
No, now they're obligated. You know, I don't like the rule. They're obligated to face three batters. So if you see he doesn't have it, take advantage. Do things that will will ruffle him. Do things that you know move you know yep. move the runners. You yeah. know run. Oh, we were, it, we were saying the other day, uh, speed kills. Yeah, and, and we well, were we were we were having a field day on the bases. The, uh, it, it was either Friday or Saturday's game. I think it was Friday's game. That they they did you know great things on the bases. Birdie in the last game against uh, against Washington, going crazy on the bases. Because when you have somebody who is a threat to steal on the bases, and that's what Louis Castillo and, and Juan Pierre did in the 3 team, you know, it distracts the pitcher. Pitcher has to be worried about, you know, what's going on behind him, instead of worrying about who's at the plate. So that's baseball. It's so yeah. I mean, it'd be great if they tied it, but but see, this is also a mentality. When you're in extra innings, or you're in the bottom of the ninth inning, and you're trying to tie, you're trying to win the game outright. Is that okay? Yeah, one swing can end it. Absolutely, but very rarely does that happen. Yeah, we have a lot of walk-off homers, but it's easier to get a base hit. It's easier to move a runner along. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank God I wasn't watching it because oh, I mean, it was, I was driving a, me nuts. I'm like, dude, it was driving me crazy. Need Tommy. Tommy needs to be in there full time. <laughs> I mean, I know he doesn't want to travel, that, and that's fine. Tommy deserves it, but at least for the home for the games, home games yeah. put put him in there. I mean, JP's not bad. He's better than Holly, but. Uh, and I believe we have three or three more announcers that, that haven't yeah, analysts that haven't whole, made their debuts yet. A whole yet. rotation of guys. But it's like, dude, we we as a fan, we know that one swing will tie the game or or get us closer. What you know, but this is not a home run hitting lineup. You have, you know, Aguilar, Soler, Coop, eh, when he's on, when he gets on a streak, yeah, but he's streaky. Yep. Anderson, but Anderson can hit, but he's, he he had a meaning to so much. Anderson's yesterday. coming to life. That's yeah. fi- finally good to some signs of life. It's good. To he see. had a home, he had a solo home run, but he was talking yesterday at post. I saw the post game. He says he's got to do that when bait, runners are on base. See, but that's that's when you have to do it. That's when you have to come through when runners are on base. You know, that we always ripped Stan for he was a king of the solo home run because he wouldn't do it in a big spot. And yet the other day they showed um, on this day in Marlins history it was. Um, Last time the Mariners were here, oh, yeah. <laughs> the last game of the series, a walk-off he had a walk-off slam. grand slam, and we mashed that thing. My goodness. So the Marlins are in second place behind the Mets. I mean, the the Mets, who continue to win. Uh, fairly, for now. For, yeah, for now. But but here's, we've been, we've been joking about that since, you know, the first weekend of the year when we did our baseball preview. Uh, what gives me pause about of that is... They have a different manager now, Buck Showalter, and he is a fine manager. I mean, I really thought the Yankees should have hired him back when they fired Girardi. Um, and that's a great segue into nine times Yankees have won in a row. Nine times we have won three series. Congratulations. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, they have been against Baltimore, Kansas City. As you're holding and up your Yankees mug. As I'm holding up my Yankees mug in my hand. And I, I'm blanking out on the other team that, that, that we swept. But uh, it wasn't Detroit because we lost, we lost one. It was Baltimore. Who do we play in the middle? I, I forget now. But, yeah, nine times. But we played around Toronto this week, and that's going to be so yeah, a, good a good measuring A good stick. baseball week for you. Yeah, very both, good baseball Both week. Marlins and Yankees yeah, uh, had a streaking. Great, I was enjoying baseball last year. Yeah. I wasn't enjoying baseball very much at the beginning nope. of the year. <laughs> no, but they've got their pitching has been and their 
bats are starting to light up also, and, and that, that lineup can hit for what it is projected to hit yep. and look out. But they got Toronto. That's going to be a fun series. But our our attentions this week are going to be a little bit, you know, we're going to be a little distracted how, this week. How amazing is the playoff schedule for this entire week? I mean, I wonder if the NBA, I mean, it was the NBA or the NHL said, listen, can we, or the Panthers, or he, can we, probably the Panthers said, can we not play on Mondays or we could be on we day, get, off day, on day, off day? We get Panthers, Heat every other day. So the Heat play tonight. For the entire week. Heat's playing what's left of Philadelphia because Joel Embiid is out and definitely was hit in his eye and has an orbital fracture. And I thought, okay, maybe a mask or something like LeBron used to wear when he got hit in the eye can can help that. But apparently it's not that easy. But you mean, you I mean, obviously you want to move on, but you want to beat the team at its best. And Joel Embiid has given us fits this year. Uh, James Harden is what he used to be. Uh, everybody, you know, the big saying is Heat in five. I'm calling right now. We're sweeping. Sweep. Phil- oh boy, we're, we're sweeping Philadelphia. Uh, one that does give me and now, man, that that Kyle. I shouldn't really say he didn't four because Kyle Lowry isn't there. Yeah, but he's out. look what we, look at how we close out Atlanta without Jimmy and without Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry. So I'm just saying. Um, and then the Panthers. That one gives me pause because the Capitals have best goal, the third best goal scorer in NHL history. So, you know, behind Wayne Gretzky and Gordy Hell. So, you know, it's not a walk in the park. And everything that happened in the regular season is meaningless. Yeah, now offense takes a backseat to, uh, to, to goaltending. Goal and that's what I've been saying for weeks. That's what we actually, you, you mentioned it when we, when we claimed the President's Trophy, is how few President's Trophy winners have gone on to, to win the Stanley I Cup. I believe since the early night, I think eight. Because what and happened in the regular it's, it's, season uh, means nothing. Yep. It, it, it's the, a different game now. Stanley Cup playoffs, the NHL postseason is so totally everything you thought you knew about a team is it's about it's kind of like baseball. It's whatever team gets hot, but it's also yeah. but in in hockey more. Yeah, but whatever baseball, goes you still have, baseball you still have series, so mm-hmm. you've got that series mentality. Hockey, you're no, going you're you going from one one game. Uh, oh, you're, I mean, yeah, against you're against saying. an opponent to a series of seven. Like you, you learn quickly what the you know what that team's got and what they don't within those first few games of the series, and and then it's over from there. And we haven't played the Capitals since uh, since the fall, and the reason I know this is because a good friend of mine is you know used to live in D.C. It was became a big Capitals fan, and um, we we thought about we, we talked about going to the game, and there was only two games, and I think they were both in November, but. Uh, Ovechkin's a great uh, a great yep. uh, goal scorer, and, and you gotta you gotta make sure we win. But we have Jonathan Huberto, one of the many guys that got over hundred points this year, and and uh, goal scoring was up all over the league. Yep. Now I wonder if that's gonna translate to the playoffs. They start tonight. Yep. Panthers don't start till tomorrow night, but we got Heat Panthers, Heat Panthers, Heat Panthers, and uh, my goodness, we just spent a good two or three minutes talking about hockey intelligently. There it is. Yep. But we need our hockey expert next week. Uh, we should. You know, hopefully he comes in and says, you know, okay, we, we, you know, we're we're doing well against the Capitals, and you know, let's let's look forward to what the next round brings. But you know, Tampa Bay President's Trophy Not means that nothing. We're looking ahead. <laughs> is it is it Tampa Bay? It, it, it would be really. They would be the second round matchup. In the semifinals? No. If both uh, if both move on. Yeesh, no. That should be the Eastern Conference Finals. The, but no, I mean, uh, Caesar Sportsbook has Colorado the favorite 
to win it all, and we're right behind Colorado in terms of the odds. So rematch. That'd be fun. From '96, let's see how many people remember that. The, the, the year <laughs> of the rat. So uh, it was a great, great week. Inter Miami didn't do very well on uh, um, on Saturday. You know, New England is a great team, and, and they they cleaned our clocks on. Hey, we were playing know, with nine minutes. Did you know there was a draft? Oh, I, I remember. Was, we have sound bites of the it draft. Was so I I didn't even realize. It no, was I, 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 so. I I watched on Thursday. <laughs> But but I I have sound bites of my reaction to the Dolphins draft on Thursday. You Did you? Hear? you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the, I got. There's your sound bite. Okay. <laughs> what was our first pick? Uh, like it was 102. That's crazy. It was a linebacker Georgia who never started a game, but he was one of these guys you plug in and whatever would come into a game and just get after the quarterback. Ran a ran a four four forty. I don't know if it was in the combine or his pro day, but four four is what they listed. And the UM and streak lives on, baby. Barely. It was. We were sweating in there. Barely. At the barely. I mean, come talk about leaving the cover bare. Wow. Derek King got on got that on was... got on a roster. You know, so did uh, Charleston Rambo signed with with Baltimore. Yep. There's a couple of There's others a that whole, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, but a lot of signing, but a lot of undrafted well, free we agents. Have one guy. Only one guy in, in a defensive defensive lineman, yeah, and yeah. it was that's not going to happen tomorrow. No, I mean because the quarterback right now. I mean, if you, if you would, but I mean that says everything you need to know about Tyler Van Dyke. The state of the, of now the probably program go first that, round. Yeah. You know, quarterbacks didn't. You know, we had they had uh, Kenny Pickett goes to the Steelers. You know, his hometown team at the twentieth pick, and then Malik Wilson was supposed to go. Some people thought him going as early as Carolina at six or seven. I forget which if they had six or seven, and the poor kid dropped into the third round. You know, it was taken by um, by Tennessee oh. to be Tannehill's backup. So a lot of trades. Also, it was crazy. He had uh, the first one was like Hollywood Brown, Marquis Brown from Marquis Brown from uh, Baltimore, who tortured us when when he was with the Ravens when he oh. played the Dolphins, and uh, he we had good connection. He had dropsies every now and then. It wasn't a big vertical threat, but it was a speedster, and they traded him to Arizona. And then also, in an app, when that news was settling in, boom, the uh, the Titans trade their best wide receiver to uh, Philadelphia, A.J. Brown. A lot of crazy things happen. That's why the draft is fascinating. Yep. A friend of mine enjoys the draft. She loves the the stories of the, of the players. You see these players there. You know, I, Kenny Pickett wouldn't, you know, he was on the phone could not pick his yeah. hand, his head up out of his hand because he was crying. Yeah. You know, it's like your hometown team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, that's awesome. That's it was awesome. like it's kind of like Dan Marino, who grew up and raised in, in Pittsburgh. If he would have been drafted by Pittsburgh, that would have been his reaction. Thankfully, he dropped to us. But you know, that was a lot. By the way, Marino was the last first round quarterback taken from, from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, from well, University of Pittsburgh. So it was it was a great weekend. The draft and and the Dolphins had four picks, and you know. They drafted also the quarterback from Kansas State in their last pick. You know, get somebody in there to throw the ball around, be practice quarterback. Maybe there's something there. You know, you never know. Now, speaking of great reactions, mm-hmm. you know where I'm going with this. There's oh boy. the brother. It's a great, it's, I mean, it, it, on its own, it's beautiful. But what they did with it is just the internet wins again. The brother of the Seminole player. <laughs> yes. Who got drafted by the Jets. They're in the green room, yeah. You know, he's he's doing the, the tomahawk the chop tomahawk chop with his whole family. He just starts to break down crying, and, and I didn't realize it was it was the brother until I read the comments. But then you know the caption is you, know, you go from 
cheering for the Seminoles to cheering for the Jets. And, and then the, the guy is in, in tears. <laughs> no, he's in tears because his brother got drafted. But, you know, the internet went crazy and said, you know, yeah, you, you come from a very proud university. And then now you're in New York Jets. The Jets. Uh, who had, listen, I have to give props. They had a good draft. They they were taking guys. I'm like, ooh, that scares me. New England did not. You, I never get. I never get what Bill Belichick is doing during the draft. I mean, works. In la- last year was the f- he's, he's only throwing year. darts at the wall. No, no, no. But last year was the only year where everybody said, "Yeah, that that pick made sense. That's a pick you should." When he took Matt Jones, when he just slipped yep. all the way to him. But most years is like, what is he doing? He's reaching. He's you know, he doesn't either. He see obviously he sees something we don't. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. All those championships, he develops players. It's kind of like what the Heat do. You know, they they take these players. I mean, when the Heat make draft picks, they make good draft picks. Bam, Tyler. You know, and you develop players, and and that's the New England way, the Patriot way. So, yeah, big week coming up with the sports. Did we leave anything out? Everything, you know. Uh, the other, my, the, the M- flags here. It's a good reminder. Yeah, the yeah, the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Milwaukee. I didn't know this. I didn't notice this until was it this morning? Because when I got home, Memphis was playing Golden State in a great game. I saw the the last five minutes of it, uh, and Golden State beat Memphis on the road, and no one gave Milwaukee a chance because Chris Middleton isn't starting, and I didn't know. I didn't find out until this morning. No, it was actually late last night when I watched Sports Center that. Milwaukee went into the Garden and to into TD Garden and beat the Celtics, who everybody thought was going to cream Milwaukee because all they had was Giannis, but Giannis hit a trip had a triple double. Nice. So that was yesterday. Today it's um it's Phoenix and Dallas, and then Miami and uh, Philadelphia. Philly. So that will be fun. Uh, you know, everybody says he didn't five. I I'm calling it. We're going to sweep the Sixers because it's the Sixers. We'll revisit this on Monday. Well, you know, we'll find you. I don't know if we'll, if if it's a sweep. To, see, they play today. They play Wednesday. They play Friday, and and maybe Sunday. So by next Monday, we may be talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. There you go. I wouldn't mind. There you go. So stop with the Marlins thing. You know, they lost one game in the last. I know. Game. I'm you're, just having fun now. No, you're, you're, I'm just you're, having fun. You have now. nothing to complain about, Manning. He was used a bullpen well all all week. I still and, haven't bought a ticket for this. No, for this but, season. we need. We want to go to that. 25th anniversary uh, celebration because I want to see who's out there and and see how old Edgar and Korea is looking these days. You know, so oh, they had they interviewed Levon yesterday. I love you, Miami. I love you, Miami. <laughs> oh, he's the best. <laughs> he's the best. But I don't know what we will get there. I have a replica of the 2003 ring somewhere. I don't remember which. I think it's the 03 one. I have all. I have the, but yeah. I don't have one of the of the 90. The 03 one was so god. I mean, the replica they was just a little Mikasuki yeah. token, but. That, that one is so gaudy, my goodness. I mean, better gaudy than no rings at all, huh? Is that right, Mets fans? You know, haven't won anything since 86. So but, uh, so anyways, my friends, a lot of, lot of stuff going on in the parish also this week. You know, next week, Saturday's, excuse me, I keep saying Saturday. Sunday's Mother's Day. And next Monday, we have a Mother's Day morning of reflection with Father Kevin Ball. We have our outdoor rosary in the evening at 7 o'clock. And uh, so many things going on. So... Uh, stay tuned to the bulletin, and uh, George and I haven't discussed this, but our season finale will be the Monday before Memorial Day weekend because, you know, we have we're going to be out of town unless you want to do a live episode from New Orleans. We'll be in the convention. That would be fun. 
want to do that so we could we, push back the, the season finale? We could we could do a We've a never fake. we've never there's a there's a there's a on our on the app that or or the program we use for the podcast. There's a live option. So you really want to do this from New Orleans? I mean, mind you, this is being recorded right now. <laughs> we're both looking at each other laughing. Thankfully, there's we're no, coming to there's you live. No, there's no cameras in here. So. We're coming to you. We're looking at each they other. They can just like, hear us chuckling in the background. <laughs> I go, we're coming to you live from Cafe Dumont over, you know, beignets and coffee. And, oh, yes. and you're looking forward to that, aren't you? Yes. You've been to New Orleans, right? Of course. Yeah. Angie it's, it's has like, Angie has it. Oh, she, I told her yesterday there's a casino because she was talking about Playing blackjack. Oh, there's a casino down the street because she went to Seven Hard Rock yeah, for something for an event. Yeah. And then she was like, "I don't get the, you know, do they make money?" I go, "Yeah, they make money." No, she was talking about, but the thing she was talking about gamblers. Yeah. Do they make money? I'm like, "Yeah, no, not really. The house always wins." You have to be a professional gamblers. Those guys that, you know, they study things and it, and it's mainly on sports betting. But, but yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, but you know, we'll we'll be enjoying we'll the culinary we'll delights. See. But it's a maybe. Maybe we'll surprise people with a live episode. But but but, but I, I because after that it's June and you know I have stuff going with the school. He's got George has VVS, so probably we're 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 aiming for the Monday before Memorial Day weekend being our season finale, and then because we need rest too. Yeah, we need rest and <laughs> we need to take a break for for uh, for the summer and bring it back and hopefully in August. So, my friends, uh, you know, find rest for yourselves. Have breakfast with Jesus. You know that was something. I don't know why I didn't think about it in the first segment. Uh, Father Jose Alvarez would, uh, you know, I've never been in confession with him, my, my pastor of uh, Epiphany, but when we were both working in the seminary, we would hear confessions in uh, in St. Brendan. He would always tell the, the, the kids, you know what, you know, for your penance, have a cup of coffee with, with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. And that's always a good thing to do. Find rest with him. Visit our chapel. You know, visit, you know, the church. Spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. We need that rest. Have breakfast with Jesus. Have a cup of coffee with him before you go out and go fishing and looking for souls for Jesus Christ. So we thank you for joining us this day, and may Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.